All right. Good evening, everyone. Happy New Year. Um, it's good to see you all. So tonight we're going to begin with a meditation practice and then just have a little bit of discussion afterwards um, about that practice and the practice in general. So the practice we're going to do uh, for the first 25 or so minutes of tonight's class is a dual awareness practice. I consider one of the sort of bread and butter practices um, uh, in the way that I teach meditation. Um, for those of you who've never done it before, all you have to do is follow along the, the, the guided um, directions I'll offer you in just a moment. But to give you just a sense of how it will go, um, we'll begin by just tuning into the breath, beginning to feel the breath in the nose, the chest, in the belly, and then just the breath as a whole. And once we've settled into the breath for a little bit, we'll expand our awareness to include sounds in the environment. Um, and then once we are tuned into both breath and sound, Maybe think of your um, awareness as being like, you know, a third on the breath, a third on the sounds and environment. And then the final third of your awareness, the remainder of your awareness, can just be open to whatever other kinds of sensations, feelings, thoughts might arise in your experience. You might feel sensations in other parts of the body. Um, you might uh, see um, thoughts or have other kinds of emotions that might move through your, 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 your experience, your awareness. Just let them be there. Um, the idea is that keeping our awareness on breath and sound will help us cultivate a kind of, think of this as a kind of container. Uh, an awareness container that is focused yet also spacious enough to just make room for whatever else might arise during this practice. Um, I think that one of the real benefits of this practice, and we can talk a little bit more about this after the sitting, is that um, it does create or it encourages the creation of a kind of open or spacious kind of awareness, not single pointed, not just like on the breath and then, oh, our awareness gets pulled away by thoughts and we keep pulling it back to the breath where it's just kind of like can feel at times a little bit like a tug of war, you know, like, oh, I'm on the anchor. Oh, wait, no, I'm not on the anchor. And I'll come back to the anchor. Okay. Um, here, to be able to hear all the sounds and the environment around you while also following the breath, your awareness can't be that one point. It can't be that tight or um, concentrated. It needs to be relaxed. It needs to be open. That's the only way you can feel the breath and listen to sounds at the same time. Um, and once in a while, thoughts may completely pull you away and you become lost in fantasy or, you know, a, a certain sensation might arise. It might be all-consuming, maybe a sensation of pain or something, right? 
But as we do this practice more and more, um, it will become easier to actually allow whatever else emerges in our experience to just find its place in this bigger container that we're cultivating. Um, so that a sensation, even intense sensation of discomfort, um, or a thought or a feeling, it doesn't have to be something that pulls us away from some tight anchor like the breath understood in this kind of single-pointed way. Rather, it's just something that is part of this bigger experience of the present moment. Okay. Um, so think of a kind of you know relaxed, spacious, kind of awareness as what we're trying to cultivate with this practice, where ultimately we're just being with what is. We're just allowing whatever happens, whatever arises to happen or to arise, to be part of our experience of the present moment. No good, no bad, it's just whatever happens, okay? Um, it's a little bit like a different way of cultivating the kind of equanimity that we're working on in our last sitting of 2023, where we went through the body, moment by moment, you know, spot by spot, um, section by section. So just notice what it feel what it feels like in that part of the body, um, and no need to to fight it, no need to cling to it. Just let it be there with as much equanimity as possible. So here, instead of doing that in the in the in the sequential way that we did with the body scan, looking at different parts of the body here, we're just kind of doing it in a more wide open way, just saying like whatever arises. So you'll, you know, you'll feel like a discomfort in the belly, perhaps from the dinner that you had very recently, you know, or um, a discomfort in your knees if you're sitting on the floor or something like that. And just let it be there, not a problem as long as you're also able to hear the sounds around you and um, have, be in touch in some way with the breath, right? The breath and sounds are what keep us in the present and make room for whatever else the present may include. No fighting, no picking and choosing, just being with what is and just letting what is be, all right? so. Please um, get into a comfortable position. And let's just take a two or three deep breaths to settle into the sitting, breathing in through the nose deeply as we can, nice and deep and slow, and exhaling nice and slow through our slightly open mouth. And really just breathing out all the air that we have within us. Just a couple more breaths like that. Now let your mouth come to a close and I encourage you to let your tongue rest up against the top of the mouth and just to breathe naturally 
an unforced way through your nose. And just let your awareness begin to tune into the sensations produced by the breath in your nostril. Feel the sensations produced by the movement of the breath over the soft tissue in the inside of your nose. And try to feel as much detail and as high definition as possible, the sensations inside the nose as you breathe in and out. At the beginning of the sitting, at the end of a long day of work, the mind is probably pretty restless. And so don't be surprised or upset if the mind seems like it's jumping all over the place, if it's hard to keep your focus on the breath. That's natural. What else would you expect? Just let the mind do its thing, and just every time you notice the mind pulling you away from the breath, just gently but firmly bring your awareness back to the breath. Now, please let your awareness move down to the chest and just feel the rise and fall of your chest as you breathe. And remember, we're not controlling the breath. We're not breathing in any specific way. We're not trying to breathe deep and slow. We're just letting the breath come and go at whatever pace, whatever depth feels natural to it at any given moment. So it is okay if the breath feels shallow or rapid or uneven. Just let the breath breathe itself. And anytime you notice that you're controlling the breath, just feel the tension produced by that kind of control. See if you can just let the breath go. Let the breath just handle itself. It's okay if you feel some tension in the chest. It's not uncommon. Just include that as part of your experience of the breath. Not a problem. Nothing wrong with that.
And now let's move our awareness into the belly area. Just feel the sensations produced in the belly by your breathing. And again, we're not modifying or controlling the breath. So some of us, the breath will only move the belly a little bit. The belly won't move much. And for others of us, the belly will move significantly. Just let the belly move as it will. Just noticing, just being aware of the sensations of the breath. And now let's feel the breath in all three spots simultaneously, the nose, the chest, and the belly. And perhaps you won't find it useful to even think of spots or areas to focus. And maybe it'll just feel natural to you to feel the breath as a whole. That's fine. Just feel the breath as a whole moving in and out of the body. Let your awareness be receptive, just receiving the sensations of the breath. We're not tightly fixated on the breath, We're not trying to control the breath, We're not keeping a tight grip on the breath. Just letting the breath come and go. And just receiving the sensations produced by the breath in the body. Now expand your awareness so that you're still feeling the breath, but now you're also attending to all the sounds in the space around you. Just hearing in an open way, 
We're not trying to identify sounds. We're not trying to pick out sounds. We're just like we did with the breath. We're just receiving whatever sounds come our way. Just feeling them, feeling them as vibrations. And don't just attend to sounds, but also the silences between sounds. Notice sounds and notice the absence of sound. Does the silence or the moments of silence, what do they sound like? And so let part of your awareness be on the breath, let part of your awareness be on sounds, and let the remainder of your awareness just be open to whatever else arises, sensation of the body, feelings, emotions, other kinds of perceptions, like the feel of the air on your skin. just sitting here, being present to each breath, each moment. Just noticing what each moment brings. Sometimes the mind feels relieved to just settle into the moment like this. But sometimes the mind balks and doesn't really want to stay present with what is, would rather daydream, rather avoid the moment in some way, planning, worrying. Don't consider that a problem if that's your experience at this moment. Just notice the ways in which the mind 
does what it can to not be present. That's just as interesting, just as instructive. Whatever your experience is, moment by moment, just attend to it, just notice what it is. Even if that experience is one of avoidance. There's no way you can do this wrong as long as you're just paying attention, just being with what is happening moment by moment. Meditation is not something mechanical or robotic. It's not a science. So it's an art. So feel free to experiment a little bit. See what it feels like to put your attention a little bit more on sound. Or at other times a little bit more on the breath. As long as you're feeling your breath, as long as you're hearing the sounds around you, you're doing this practice fine. But within those parameters, there's a lot of room for experimentation, investigation.
if an unpleasant sensation or feeling or emotion arises, can you just let it be there as part of your experience, held in this container, this open container of awareness produced by your awareness of the breath and the sounds around you? At this moment, can you hear clearly all the sounds that are going on around you?
Okay, it's good for tonight. Just feel free to move the body, get comfortable, get a drink of water. Hmm. So, um, I don't think I have any particular things that um, I really want to talk about at any length. I think I'll just say a few little things about the practice that we did. Um, um, maybe a few more like, you know, practice pointers or something, but I don't know how you all experienced it, but um, I'd be interested here. But I think that um, including sounds as one of the anchors that we're using, and awareness of sounds as part of the um, sort of the focal points that we're using meditation practice, I think can be really um, particularly helpful um, for those times when we're feeling uh, like like the breath is tight or like um, we're really controlling, like there's a certain kind of like tension that permeates our awareness. There were um, a few classes ago, um, I uh, conveyed and sort of responded a bit to a question that was given to me by a student during one of these uh, conversational practice. Um, and, um, and what he had asked about was like this experience of kind of the sense of vigilance that has started to permeate his practice, like that, like there's a certain kind of tightness or watchfulness um, that was sort of coloring his his awareness of sensations in the body. So you know he'd bring awareness to the body, and along with that would be this sort of sense of kind of um, slight, subtle kind of tension or tightness. That, that, and he couldn't tell whether that was something that the awareness was uncovering, so revealing as part of the experience in the body, or whether the awareness itself was tight in some way. And um, and uh, this is, I think, it's a it's a very common experience. Um, I think it's hard to know for him, you know, whether or not it is like something being revealed or something that awareness is sort of imposing on his experience. In some ways. It doesn't really matter because if awareness is sort of imposing it on his experience, that's still something that's being revealed. It's being revealed about his awareness, right? It's like whether there's tension in the body or there's something that is being sort of uncovered in the quality of the awareness that he's um, he has. But in either case, I think that one way that I um, sometimes think about this experience that this, this person was talking about is um, how practice can sometimes become like rather self-absorbed. You know, we because like fixated on on our inner experiences. You know, and like we're like, and there is a kind of watchfulness that mindfulness encourages and cultivates, um, and it's good. It's a good thing. And I think actually, as I said at that time, this the sense of tightness or vigilance that the student was talking about. It's not a problem. It's a, more like a phase. You know. He needs to work through it, but um, 
I think one of the ways to work through that is to complement the inner focus of mindfulness, mindfulness of sensations, mindfulness of the breath, with an awareness of what lies out beyond the body. You know, so we're not so fixated on what's inside us all the time. You know, I think you can, after cultivating mindfulness um, rigorously for a long period of time, you can develop like a, a you know very high level continuous sort of quality of like awareness of sensations. You know, you can really almost you know from the moment of waking up to the moment of sleeping, you can be really aware, like in a very intense way, of what the body's feeling and. And you know your awareness of those sensations in the body can become very fine grained, very very in depth, and and there's a lot to be learned from that. Um, a lot of amazing things, insights to be gained um, about the nature of reality, nature of experience, nature of the mind. All of that is good, but there is also a way in which it can tend towards a kind of narrow, constricted concern with what's going on inside me all the time, and. Um, this awareness of sounds, precisely because we're turning our awareness to what lies beyond the boundaries of the body, can be, I think, a wonderful sort of complement. I would, I'm almost even tend to say, kind of antidote to an overfixation on the self. Um, and so sometimes when I feel like my awareness is becoming a little bit tight, like I'm becoming a little bit too hyperfixated on areas of discomfort, or the breath just feels tight for some often just a kind of sort of dialing up the amount of focus I'm putting on sounds in the environment can really help with that. So that, yeah, that tension is still there. I still feel it's part of my experience, but it's just part of a bigger field of experience, which also includes that which lies beyond me as well. I mean, a big part of what, you know, practice is not about becoming um, uh, more and more like sensitive to and just you know obsessed with what's going on inside of us is actually ideally about becoming more and more attuned to also what's going on outside of us. It's like, and the boundary between inner and outer is something that starts to become much more porous with practice. And so if we feel like, oh wait, you know the balance is off. I'm really kind of just really more you know maybe overly fixated on what's going on with inside me within me. Maybe it's time to like you know rebalance that. And say, okay, let me just remember that actually, it's also being mindful of what's beyond me as well. You know, mindfulness is not just about mindfulness of the inner, but of the entirety of one's experience. Okay, so um, so you know, it's, it's both. That's both a kind of philosophical point about the nature of practice, but also I think. I'm, I'm actually offering this more as a really practical intervention for when practice starts to feel kind of imbalanced, a little bit too tight, a little bit too much. It's like almost like it's becoming self-consciousness rather than like awareness, you know. Um, um, so anyway, I think that was one of the reasons why I wanted to like, you know, just um, remind us of the value of sounds. As as um, as something to to focus or turn our awareness to. Um, so actually, that was actually longer than I thought I was going to uh, go on about that. Is are there any just in response to that or the practice um, that we just did together? Are there any 
questions or just anything that anyone would be willing to share about how this practice went for you or about how practice in general is going for you? Are there are there interesting developments in your own practice? Um, these can be really interesting and inspiring to other people. Or are there places where you're bumping up against a, an, a, an edge where something feels a little bit difficult or confusing or unclear? And you could just offer that for consideration as well. So... I can share a little. Um, thank you. Uh, uh, it's Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. I didn't, I couldn't locate the box. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I, in my daily practice, I, I really focus on the breath. And I noticed that my thoughts recently have been like, well, why is my breath like more important? Like, actually, I'm very, I'm very important. The things that I'm thinking about are like much more important than just the breath, mm. you know, and almost like it wants to get into some kind of argument with me about which practice I'm doing or something like that. Mm. And um, what I noticed in this practice is when I opened up to include the thoughts, it's sort of like there wasn't that argument mm. going on. It wasn't like my thoughts were, competing for the attention yeah right before i was saying well you know i'm gonna let go of my thoughts and just return all of my attention to the breath so i just noticed that that's i think that's a really interesting point kevin and um and it's, it's something i think to investigate in your own practice of breath bowling like i think um um but it would be one thing to like explore is whether or not when you return to the breath, there is this kind of like um, energy of pushing away thoughts. You know, when you like when you say letting go of thoughts, is is there a little bit of the sense of okay, I shouldn't be thinking now, I shouldn't be having this thought. Let me come back to the breath instead of thinking, right? And I think when we do that, it can produce a certain kind of effortfulness and also like a, definitely a kind of pushback you know, um, a rebound effect in the mind where the mind says, no, like, actually, I want, what are you doing? You're like, you know, you're trying to get, you know, trying to, to make me shut up, but okay, I'll, I'll give, well, I'll show you what I can do, you know? And so, um, because I think letting go ideally should also, as, like, as I sometimes put it, like, so just let the thoughts be there, right? If the thoughts aren't a problem, the breath is just a place where we're anchoring our awareness, you know? Um, and so it might be that, like explicitly being told that the thoughts are okay, include them along with sounds and along with breath, um, uh, enabled you to like experience what it it's like just to let the thoughts be, you know, a different version of letting go in a way, you know. Um, and so, yeah, because anytime we push anything away in our experience, right? Where it's actually going to like increase in energy. And anytime we push away emotions, anytime we push away thoughts, anytime we push anything away, it's it, it can work temporarily, but it's going to like increase the energy that those things have. And so if we, um, so I think it's 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 really important that um, we, it's it's not that, that when we have an anchor in our awareness, like following the breath or whatever it may be, 
that it, it not be relating to thoughts in that kind of aggressive, avoidant way, you know? And again, I'm not saying that you are doing that. I think this is something to explore. And so can you notice, like, in that moment of letting go, when you do your your regular breath-falling practice, is it really okay with that thought, like, being that, like, what it is? Or is there a little bit of, like, huh, no, I, I don't want you, you know, go away, let's, and let me attend to this instead? Um, yeah. So, right. Thank you for sharing that. I don't know if what I just what I said. Have any, if you have any other questions, maybe what I said actually just raised other questions for you. Well, I I I have been working more on just being very gentle and kind mm -hmm. to myself and returning to the anchor. But I I don't think that I had the intention of letting the thoughts be there. So that's something new for me to explore. Hi, Bernie. This is Jacob here. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Jacob. Hello. So I have a question. You spoke about how when you're consistent with meditation, you can, you know, gain a, a very intense awareness of your feelings, emotions, sensations, surroundings. I've had this happen before, mm -hmm. but find it very hard to, you know, it's almost too Zen of a state where it's hard to also engage in you know, normal social interactions, say laughing, joking. And mm -hmm. if I were to, you know, laugh, it would almost take me out of that Zen state. So it's, you know, if I'm alone and locked in on work, it might feel very good, but it's a, it's a fragile state. So I'm wondering how one, or maybe from your own experience, how do you balance this intense awareness with, you know, a, a normal life, I guess I would say, where, where you're talking to other people? So, you know, I think when we're really um, ultimately there is no or tension or contradiction between the kind of awareness that um, meditation sort of cultivates and sociability. You know, um, it's not about being aware of our inner experience such that it becomes more difficult to engage with others. I think, um, in fact, I would say when we are um, so really sort of tuned into the present moment, I think these are the moments when we are m most able to engage in a genuine way with other people, you know, um, we, um, we can feel more, the most connected, most present, um, our interactions, uh, are the most fluid, spontaneous, you know, genuine, heartfelt, all of that. Um, so, um, what you're describing is, um, a sort of a phase or a, a way practice can make us sort of um, make us feel at times 
and it's it's not an it's it's not uncommon it's not a sign that something's wrong but it's not what practice is like moving us towards you know it's not not as if like that's the state that we're trying to cultivate um which is fragile and somehow we need to find a way to reintegrate back into the world you know um i think what happens is we sort of as we become more tuned into like all the different kinds of conditioning so reactivity all the different sort of patterns that are just operating in our minds and our bodies all the time it's almost like we're starting to, I think we start to um, become very aware of the ways in which we are most of the time actually not deeply connected with those around us. And so it's not that the awareness is producing that disconnection. It's that, um, it's that it is making us aware of the ways in which we are often not actually that present with the world, with ourselves or with other people, you know. Um, and so the deepening of practice will actually like bring us through that to a place where the conditioning, the reactivity doesn't have such a grip on us so that we can actually just be more clearly, more un, um, unobstructedly present with others, you know. Um, but it, there is a, some, a, a, a phase, and it can be a really kind of like a long and difficult one, where what's predominant in our awareness or consciousness are the ways in which we actually don't feel that connected to others. Rather, we don't feel spontaneous. We don't feel like really present with others. And I think that can feel a little bit crazy making because you know it can feel a little bit like, wow, man, I'm just really like not you know you know I'm just not really there with other people. And and we can think that practice is doing that to us. But what practice is doing is bring to light the way in which we are often that way to begin with. Um, but the deepening of practice will soften the grip of that kind of distance, that alienation, you know, that disconnection. And you will feel something on the other side of that, which is just, you know, more ability to really connect, be social, um, all of that. So I think. I think what I want to say in response is basically like um, that fragile Zen state you're describing is not the goal. It's not something we're trying to maintain, um, and um, but it's a it's a kind of stage that I think we need to work through. And you know that's what awareness is bringing to light. This 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 kind of relationship you're having to other people around you, and just notice that. And the way to move through that is to notice it with clarity. Um, and over time, those patterns, those those, all those little things that you're sensing are keeping you at a distance from other people, make it difficult to relate to other people spontaneously. They will become more porous, less solid, and you'll start to experience what it's like to relate beyond that, um, without having to like jerk yourself out of it and 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 just sort of relate to other people in a social way as if that's a, a different thing. No being present with ourselves in the way that this practice cultivates actually simultaneously um, will create more presence with others. Um, but it takes time and it takes a moving through of this, those blockages, all those things. I mean, why are like many of us here sitting in the first place, right? Because there's something that feels a little bit disconnected about our relationship both to ourselves and to people around us, right? 
um, we're not really fully there. And that's why we need to practice in the way we just did together for 25 minutes, just being here where we are, right? Um, but self-consciousness, hyper-self-conscious, hyper-self-awareness is not the goal. It's, it's not at all. So Jacob, I don't know, like, I'm not sure if what I'm saying resonates with you or if you feel like I'm hearing you or if this is in any way feel like a, a response here. So please, what, what, tell me what um, how this sounds to you. Yeah, thank you, Bernie. I really appreciate that answer. I think you definitely did answer it. For me, it's, you know, wondering if a state of Zen is compatible with, say, a, you know, a more heightened state, whether that be um, humor or hype or anger. And it sounds like, yes you're just, you will just have increased awareness of that state. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, I mean, like, so when you're, for example, getting in an argument with a partner, right. Um, uh, you know, our, when we bring a mindfulness to that experience, it can be very intense because we're feeling, um, in a lot of detail, like all the sensations, that are sort of underlying that that interaction, which you know before practice we might have just like we felt to some extent, but we're kind of just actually just more like externalizing the energy, like lashing out, saying the thing that we know that will upset the other person, you know, like dig them, you know, poke them in the way that we um, we want to, and all that. Um, but when we're being mindful of it, actually we're just experiencing, we're feeling it, right? And so that can see that can be very like as you put it, heightened, very intense. Um, but that quality of awareness is what over time allows those reactive patterns to begin to change, begin to shift, you know? Um, and so, um, but it, it requires you know, going through the fire, really feeling the sadness, really feeling the anger, really feeling the fear or the hurt. Um, and that's where the transformation really happens. And also I'll just say, like when you when you read old Zen stories, right, it's not an accident that so many of them um uh include accounts of conversations between people. You know, like the um, you know, when you hear these classic stories about Zen masters and stuff, it's not people in isolation having sort of self-absorbed meditative experiences, you know, it's about people having conversations with each other which are often represented as incredibly spontaneous funny you know um uh so like people sometimes like is zen incompatible with a sense of humor actually no not at all i think it can it can it can in a way unblock the kind of inner hesitations like the inner um inner anxieties the inner all the stutters that can make us not respond to the moment spontaneously so um Yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate that answer. Right. I think we have time for just one more. If anyone has a thought or just something to share, it's not to do a question. But, um... Okay. So if um, there are, a, I think, a, a couple or a few new, new people on the call, it's good to see you. Welcome. Um, but I, though, one of the ways I like to, to end is just with like 30 or, you know, 30 seconds, a minute of just silence sitting together. So we end 
with some silence. Um, oh, one last thing to, J to Jacob's question. This is not really direct response, but despite everything I said, a lot of people turn to meditation and Zen because they're actually like deeply introverted and have trouble interacting with other people. And they basically just want to like, you know, like look at the wall, like look within, don't want to look at other people. So actually at the Zen center that I used to go and do retreats at, um, they had one sitting every single day during the retreats where you had to do it facing and making eye contact with another person. Um, and just sit there, but there's no, nothing special. You're not supposed to have some kind of weird, deep, like, you know, emotional connection to the person. It's just sitting there and saying, this is not about escape. This is not about avoidance. You know, this is just learning to be comfortable in your own skin, but also in the presence of another person too, you know? Um, so anyway, just that it's, so um, for what it's worth, I just wanted to throw that little anecdote out there. So um, could we just sit for half a minute together and then say goodnight? Okay, everyone. Thank you for being here tonight. It's good to sit with you. Good night. See you all in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Bernie, and Happy New Year. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, it's good to see you again, 